We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The biggest acts are visiting Chicago this summer on top of all the baseball games and other great concerts, theater shows too. It could be quite the chore and headache trying to secure tickets to all of these shows and events. Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. Use game time to purchase your tickets. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee helps eliminate stressing over tickets. If you find tickets in the same section or even row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's why Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. Download the Game Time app, create your account, and get $20 off your first purchase using our promo code SOCKSMACHINE. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account and use our promo code SOCKSMACHINE for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Game Time. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Good afternoon, everyone. I am Josh Nelson from Sox Machine. Welcome. It is Thursday in the afternoon of August 31st, 2023, as we do have some breaking news. As the Chicago White Sox have announced officially that Chris Getz will become the new Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Chicago White Sox. Chris Getz just had his press conference meeting with the Chicago media. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf himself uh, also presented Chris Getz. That was a surprise. The first time we have heard from Jerry Reinsdorf in a public media setting in a very long time. Uh, but again, Chris Getz, as far as the breaking news, he is the new senior vice president and general manager of the Chicago White Sox. And Jerry Reinsdorf, before the press conference, his quote in the press release and the reason why that Chris Getz is taking over for Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams is that Chris, quote, brings a wealth of knowledge and experience within our organization to this role. Most importantly, he knows our players, both at the major league level and in our system, knows our staff, and is familiar with all aspects of our baseball operations department. And during the press conference, Jerry Reinstorf reiterated that a big reason why Chris Getz is taking on this role and being promoted to the general manager position is because this is the fastest way 
to be a contending team to compete in 2024. And that Jerry Reinsdorf believed that an outside hire would take at least a year to evaluate the organization top to bottom and decide on how the organization would operate moving forward and essentially admitted that the White Sox would be punting in 2024 if Jerry Reinsdorf made an outside hire. It sounds like Jerry Jerry Reinsdorf does not want that to happen. He still wants his team to compete in 2024. And we'll talk more about why the White Sox believe they could still contend in 2024. I think it has very little to do with the team, more in the division that they are part of. But that's why Jerry Reinsdorf appointed Chris Getz and promoted him. Now, during the press conference, Jerry Reinsdorf admitted uh, that during the process, he did come up with a list of candidates that he was considering for the role, but he did not interview anyone outside of the organization because, quote, I know these people, end quote. So uh, Jerry Reinsdorf did not do any interviews. And he decided that after a week of firing Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, that the fastest way to be contending in 2024 is promoting Chris Getz to the new role of the senior vice president and general manager of the Chicago White Sox. And in this Sox Machine Live, we are providing our instant reaction. Jim Margulis will be joining me momentarily to provide his thoughts. We will be streaming live again later tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, that's going to be a lot more fun as uh, Jimmy Pardo, the very funny comedian, will be joining us uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, to learn to laugh about the Chicago White Sox. So we hope that you guys join us later this evening as we get a chance to chat with with Jimmy. But for Chris Getz, he had thoughts as well, and this was his prepared statement Quote, I am honored and humbled to be given this leadership responsibility. I understand what this team means to White Sox fans, and I am excited to begin the work today and during the remainder of this season. There is a great deal of talent within this clubhouse and within this ballpark, and we are going to diligently begin to do the work and lay the foundation for an organization and a team we all take pride in from the staff to the players to our fans. Now, during the press conference, there's quite a few questions about the shooting incident, and it's still up in the air exactly what has happened. There's still no clarity from the Chicago Police Department. Jerry Reinsdorf, in his statement to the media, in which Jerry Reinsdorf also said he would be taking no questions from the media, uh, so he's still dodging public questions, uh, which is not a surprise. Uh, but Jerry Reinsdorf believes that the shots came from outside the stadium, even though the interim superintendent of the Chicago Police Department has said publicly that they don't believe the shots came from outside the stadium. So there we are right now as far as that particular situation. And it's still front of everyone's mind, especially for those that live in the city of Chicago. And exactly what happened last Friday, what the White Sox are doing to prepare to move forward to make sure that fans feel secure when attending games. Again, the White Sox will be home starting tomorrow night as the Detroit Tigers come into play against the White Sox. Uh, So Chris Getz addressed some of those questions about ballpark security, which is not under his domain. So it was kind of curious to hear that. But one thing in particular that was asked directly to Chris Getz was if Pedro Grafal, the current manager of the Chicago White Sox, will be back in 2024. 
And Chris Getz said yes. So, Pedro Grafal will not be one and done. He will continue to be the manager of the Chicago White Sox in 2024. The next step in the process for Chris Getz, as this is technically day one for him, as the senior vice president and general manager of the Chicago White Sox, he plans on speaking with Pedro Grafal about the personnel, both as far as the coaching staff and the players in the clubhouse. And Getz then wants to interview the players in the clubhouse to get their feedback on how the season has gone. And from there, they'll make some personnel decisions, both in the, as far, I assume, in the coaching staff and the types of players that they have in the clubhouse. And now I am joined by the managing editor of SoxMachine.com. It is Jim Margulis. And Jim, we just heard Chris Getz speak and Jerry Reinstorf. That was a surprise. We were wrong. In last night's, uh, or earlier this week's watch party, I should say, on Tuesday night, we thought maybe Pedro Grafal would introduce Chris Getz, uh, but no, it was actually Jerry Reinsdorf, but Jerry Reinsdorf did not take any questions from the media, which is not shocking at all. Uh, but Chris Getz is the new GM, and after watching his press conference, what is your initial reaction of Getz, now the White Sox general manager? Uh, he didn't really have any answers, did he? No. Like, he... he uh... <laughs> strong opening statement like in terms of acknowledging the skepticism around the hire understanding that like he's been part of the problem so it's very odd to be considering him a solution so like yeah that was fine that was good but then as soon as it came to answering questions like john greenberg i believe asked him like what makes you qualified to hold this job given that you were part of the problem he didn't even have like a sentence about that. Like it was more of just a uh, kind of gave a, a, a circular answer to just uh, how like honored he was to get the uh, opportunity, but he didn't actually have like a two sentence, you know, one floor elevator pitch to say like, here's why I'm going to be uh, somebody who's a difference maker. He just kind of talked around it. And that's really the most direct question you can get. And that's a question everybody has is like, why you? You're ex you have experience, right? Your experience is being a the third in charge of an organization that is that is capsized. So, why you? And he didn't have an answer for that. Yeah, uh, it, it really feels like with the press conference, like remember the Paige Grafal press conference, and a lot of people right away said, Oh, Grafal, he won the press conference. Mm -hmm. And I think the lesson learned from there is that nobody wins press conferences. Uh, you can't win a press conference. All you could do is just don't look like an idiot. And if you cannot look like an idiot, idiot, hooray, success. Yeah. It seemed like, uh, not Grafal. It seemed like Gats. I want to talk about Grafal in a moment. It, it's, it seemed like Chris Gats. You know, in football, they have they plan out the first 15 plays. They script the first mm -hmm. 15 plays, and some teams don't deviate from that script over the course of a game. Chris Getz had a script that he stuck to, mm -hmm. and I give him credit. He kept going back to the script. He was very short with his answers, and he tried to do his very best to not encourage any type of follow-up questions to the things that he was saying. But to your point, Jim, as the new general manager of the Chicago White Sox, when you come out and you say, I understand why fans are angry and we are going to be different. I am going to be different. 
but you cannot specifically state why things are going to be different or how you're going to be different. That does not instill any confidence from anyone on the outside, media, analysts, your paying customers, that things are truly going to be different in 2024. And I know I talked about this in our last episode of the Sox Machine Podcast. Season ticket renewals were emailed to everyone on Tuesday. So all White Sox season ticket holders right now have the renewals that they are all sitting on and have until the end of September to decide whether or not they're going to renew. And after watching this press conference and hearing from Jerry Reinsdorf and hearing from Chris Getz, I'm going to keep bringing this up. The White Sox are not doing a whole lot to encourage their existing season ticket holders to renew, not even encouraging new season ticket holders to buy. They're going to have a very tough time with the renewal rate, and that is going to impact on just how much money Chris Getz is going to have to spend this upcoming offseason. So it circles all the way back to what's the plan, Chris? And in this press conference, nothing definitive. So I don't know how anyone could have any confidence moving forward that the White Sox are going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, like, I can understand the human angle of not wanting to come across as smearing people who gave you a chance, people who you worked under. You know, generally speaking, in job interview situations, it's not good to talk poorly about your former employers or your former boss. Like, it doesn't, it never comes off well. Uh, there are ways to talk around it if you had issues or you had I- you you had ideas, but like I don't necessarily fault him for saying like, here's everything or or not saying here's everything Rick Hahn did wrong. Here's what I'm going to do differently. Like I don't expect him to show that hand early on. It'd be nice, but I, I don't expect that. The problem is when it comes right after Jerry Reinsdorf saying that he didn't look for anybody else. Like yeah. basically he looked around the bar at one thirty in the morning and said, you'll do like, that's kind of how, it, how, how it happened here. Like, just like, so like there's no special indications that he was qualified, that he was special. He just happened to be like, not Jeremy Haber, you know, somebody who had like a couple different roles in the organization had earned a promotion, whereas Haber has been kind of like the contract guy his whole time. And so he doesn't have experience in different departments or doing different tasks. But yeah, it's just, there's no, if you're coming in with no heat and you're coming in with no, like everybody knowing that you wouldn't get this job anywhere else, you need to have something that shows like fans, or at least, you know, in most situations, if you want to actually win over fans, you need to have something that shows like, Hey, you know, I am qualified. I know I'll need a chance, but here are some things you can look for too. And like, he didn't have any of that anything to anticipate specifically and especially since his first decision is apparently bringing back Pedro Grafal and he's in my eyes failing that test by saying like he's back I mean the whites if the White Sox go like in September like win four games Grafal's coming back like yep. no matter how the White Sox finish you know the way yeah you know, he stuck to it now it's like this whole situation could deteriorate on him and he's coming back and like as you mentioned with, with season ticket uh, renewals and everything like that, just trying to maintain interest. He's already failed the first test in like showing how he might be different by sticking with the manager who is just completely in over his head. And okay, well, he didn't provide that. He didn't provide any reasons why you were hired for this job specifically. Didn't uh, 
show any ways or talk about any ways you might be different. Uh, you don't have really any connections to other organizations besides the Royals who might help you fill out a staff or show you winning baseball or show and how that's like, what we all want to hear, right? More yeah. Royals. Yes. You know, other organizations, the way they, they built out winning staffs. Like, so, I mean, there's just nothing going for him and he didn't bring anything to the table in terms of what's going for him, except like, I'm going to be different. But then when somebody answers how, or asks him how he doesn't have a actual reason or example for that. We have this comment in the YouTube section, which by the way, thank you to everyone that has joined us in youtube.com slash socks machine. And for those that are currently watching on Twitch and Twitter, welcome. I'm Josh Nelson alongside Jim Margulis of socksmachine.com. We are providing our instant reaction after the press conference of Chris Getz being introduced by the chairman, Jerry Reinsdorf, as the new senior vice president, general manager of the Chicago White Sox. There, Chris Getz is the sole baseball guy. He is in charge now. There is no questions after the last decade of who is actually in charge, Kenny Williams or Rick Kahn. That at least has gone away. We know that this mm -hmm. is Chris Getz's show moving forward, so I guess there's some progress. But we got this comment from... One of our, uh, one of the fans watching on the live stream on YouTube for Matthew Lucas and Matthew wrote to us. This is a sad day for fans who stayed loyal for decades just to be spit on because the owner is out of touch with reality. And to Matthew's point, Jim, the whole thought process of Jerry Reinsdorf sharing that he did come up with the list of people that he would think about hiring for this role. And many of those people from outside the organization, Chris Getz was the only one internally that was on that list, but he didn't interview anyone. And he didn't inter interview anyone because quote, I know them already. What? Mm -hmm. Like the interview process, Jerry, there's an opportunity here to learn from the outside and gain insight from others on what you could do to improve. Even if you don't hire them, at least you can learn what people think about your organization and that type of feedback could help with decision-making on how you can improve upon things or where areas that you could add more to that could get this team to turn around and get back to winning. And you didn't mm -hmm. do that because, quote, I already know them. Like, th that is the point where, like, where Matthew is coming from. And I agree with Matthew. It's just out of touch with reality. And that is <laughs> such a that's such a statement I expect an 87-year-old man to make is that I have been around the game for so long. I know more than you guys do. I know more people than you do. And I know those people for so long that I don't even need to interview them. And now it totally makes sense on how Tony the Russa got the managerial job because Jerry knew him. There was no, there, yeah. they probably didn't even interview Tony. Like Rick and Kenny said they talked to Tony. I think that's a lie. Nobody talked to Tony. Jerry just hired Tony to be the manager because Jerry knows best and Jerry knows best here. And because he knows the outside people so well that at the end, now, the only way we're going to be a winning team in 2024 is if Chris gets as the general manager. Like, I that can, is yeah. some galaxy brain thinking. Well, I can believe that Reinsdorf doesn't have to interview the people he knows because he knows them. The problem is the people he doesn't know. Like, that's the, the problem is, like, the people who he might not be aware. 
can handle this job or should be the right calls for this job. Like those are the people he doesn't know. Then the lack of a search does not uh, allow those people to come to the surface or be screened. And so it's probably just him and Tony LaRusso talking about, I don't know. Um, it's, not, it's not good when the first thing people or first people can think that they both might know are dead. But like say like Dayton Moore, like just, you know, going to him, like, yeah, I already know him. Like, great. He shouldn't be a leader of an organization in 2023. Like how about James Click? How about, uh, you know, anybody else from an organization list? Like the branch Ricky comment is just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, well, branch Ricky actually cared about farm systems. So like, even then, like, you know, Ryan Sorsley would hire him. Branch Ricky. <laughs> was already dead before my mom was born. Like that is how old of a reference that is. Yeah. So like, I, when, when thinking about just that kind of approach and being like, you know, it's a, it's the worst possible way to sell gets. And so like, there are no, you know, he's not doing him any favors. And so like, you know, when it comes to winning the interview uh, or not, sorry, winning the um, press, conference, press conference, winning yeah. the introduction, like the thing about Griffal, and even though that complete wound belly up, kind of like the bull situation right now with, uh, you know, AK and Eversley being, you know, not saviors. We'll put it that way. Just be with the Lonzo ball kind of, you know, throwing uh, everything uh, into upheaval. But at least like when you have a press conference, you can win. At least it shows you had answers. And the White Sox did have answers for why they thought Griffal was the guy. Han sounded very confident. Griffal sounded very confident. But like they had answers to questions, which is all you want at this stage. Answers to the obvious questions uh, that actually like show, reflect some identity or some identity they aspire to. Uh, in this case, because Getz can't smear the guys he worked for, like he can't offer them because Reinsdorf didn't search for anybody else. He can't offer them. So like, I think even if you ignore the idea of winning the press conference or just saying like, yeah, everybody should win the press conference. They didn't, they lost it. And like, really the only actionable item that they could have is like, even just letting Griffal dangle a little bit and pretend that he's part of the process to kind of see how the rest of the year unfolds. Like Reinsdorf talked about 2023 in the past tense. It's not over yet. All sorts of hell can break loose as evidenced by the fact that he had to open his press conference by talking about uh, how they still think the bullet came from outside the stadium, which no other organization is talking about. Like no other organization has that problem. And even if it's spectacular luck, the way that the White Sox have handled it, uh, is why Reinsdorf has to talk about it and why Chris Getz has to talk about a bullet being fired inside or outside the stadium. <laughs> like, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, there, there's nothing about this that suggests that, um, you know, Getz will be able to channel this force. Like, you know, I know AJ Pierzynski was, uh, you know, he had a theory that was Getz involved in a coup with Pedro Grafal and they were kind of hired together from a different organization. And like, I don't necessarily buy that because uh, I could see like Reinsdorf wanting to make a change and just deciding upon gets himself. But like, you know, even if he did have, you know, answers or, or like, you know, things he wanted to do differently, like he showed nothing about it. And by retaining Grafal, which is the one thing he could possibly change about this year, or at least leave open in case like September is even worse than August. Like he's, he's wasted that. So now we just like wait until, 
what free agency options to understand like what might be different. And that's a long time just to, to sit there and maintain interest in a season that's already been like flushed down the toilet multiple times. And Jerry already tipped his hand in one regard for the upcoming free agency. And I'm glad Maddie Rice mentioned this in the YouTube comments that Jerry Reinsdorf said signing Shohei would be insane. That goes to show you how out of touch he is. And uh, yeah, the White Sox will not be in contention to sign Shohei Otani. I apologize to White Sox fans uh, for your hearts to be broken. But <laughs> I mean, like, even if he said, like, we, we don't want to sign Otani because we need to, like, focus on other positions besides DH. Like, at least that would be like, OK, I, you know, there you go. There's some awareness. But no, it's just we're, we're going to do things differently. We want to win 2024. But we're also not going to spend the way uh, we've never spent before. So. Yeah, good yeah. luck solving the same puzzle that everybody else has failed at because Honda's or yeah, Reinsdorf has not cast a wide net in terms of like spending money better. I want to get to the next two actions for Chris Getz and what he is planning to do. And the problems I think could be open by moving in this direction. I don't think it's wrong to interview or sit down with Pedro Grafal and get his feedback and then get the feedback from the players in the clubhouse. I think it is imperative that this is one-on-one -on -one type of situations and you need to allow people to speak freely. If you're going to stick with Pedro Grafal, okay, I guess. But now Pedro Grafal is going to have more, I guess, insight or more say on the types of players the White Sox are going to have in the clubhouse next year. I don't know if Pedro Grafal has that type of skill set. He doesn't have much of a skill set to be managing players, but now mm -hmm. you're going to take his feedback honestly on what kind of players he needs to build a winning team for next year? Uh, okay. But then talking to the players themselves, I do think this is important, but Chris Getz needs to understand you got a clubhouse that's very divided. There's so many rumors coming out of this clubhouse all season long, and maybe this got addressed by dumping players at the trade deadline, but you have a lot of clicks and factions inside this White Sox clubhouse. Maybe things have smoothed over before the trade deadline, but this is what it was prior to the trade deadline. And he was asked directly about bringing back Tim Anderson, and he said that T.A. is very important to the franchise, but they need to talk to Pedro Gafal. He needs to talk to T.A. before they decide on what that next move is. So it's not certain that Tim Anderson's option is going to get picked up for next year. Grafal's coming back. That's for certain. Tim Anderson, unknown, still up in the air. What happens during these interviews with the other players? He finds out that the other 25 guys don't like Tim Anderson. Is that going to be influencing the decision-making here for Chris Getz that it's more important to make sure that everybody gets along the clubhouse than actually winning on the field? It just feels like that's what the White Sox focus next year is, hey, we're going to be terrible, but at least everyone likes each other. Like, is that the goal in 2024 or is the goal trying to win baseball games? Because I'm not getting the vibe or the feeling that's actually the end game that Chris gets wants to attain. Yeah. I mean, like what happens if they talk about like not liking Griffal, not respecting Yeah. And him? that was just brought up our, our friend yeah. Colin in England. What if all 26 players hate Pedro Griffal? Yeah. That's a great point, Jim. <laughs> what if the feedback is we don't like Pedro Griffal? We don't respect him. We think he's a doofus or like, you know, stronger words than that. Like, 
you know, he can't, he comes out of every post game, like looking down a note card and reciting like a book report of what happened in the game. Like just like, there's nothing about him that has established any kind of presence. Like, you know, he talked about like, you know, we're going to prepare for, to kick your, your ass at seven ten PM. And just like, you know, nothing, none of that's happened. Like that's like the most memorable things he said. And that just, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen like, yeah, he kicks our asses every day. Like every, every watching every game is just uh, an exercise in punishment inflicted on biker fall. It's um, it seems like it's out of order. And that's why I think it's like, I guess there is some benefit to like giving Griffal a little bit of backing just so the last month of the season does not turn into uh, a lame duck period. Like thinking about Robin Ventura's last year and just how much of a mess that was because nobody would say anything about it. And basically they made Ventura fire himself by saying, you know, Robin, you can come back if you want. You don't want to come back, do you? Chris, you don't want to come back, do you? Chris and then finally, the you know, last game of the season, he says, I'm out. I uh, so I can understand there is some yeah, benefit to like, giving him I some backing. But yeah, Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams are fired because they did just, not offer enough for There's Salvador nothing Perez. about Griffal, yes. the way Salvador the White Perez Sox will played, fix the way the White Sox have responded to him, the way That's he's totally responded to We're be various crises over the course of the season, the way he talks to the media, the way he tries to define himself as a fan base. Nothing suggests that he's... The guy. Uh, so that will be a and grand old time if all the players uh, when that like, does come to fruition. Not, uh, not if, really when. Blood curling screams you know, throughout the Gaylord Opry land. Oh, man. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, So moving forward, I guess what are we hoping happens here? Because in September... Yeah, we'll see more Oscar Colas. We'll see more Lenin Sosa. We'll see more Corey Lee. It's been pretty evident in recent games that these young guys are going to play over the veterans. I don't like, yes, Money Grandal and Elvis Andrews are going to play once every three or four games. And I think those guys are just resigned to their fate that they're just pretty much sitting on the bench for the rest of the season while the young guys play just to get this over with. And. And then they get to decide where they're going to be playing next year. But like in this final month and going into the offseason, again, the offseason really starts after the World Series, in which the White Sox have 10 days to decide what they're going to do with Tim Anderson and Liam Hendricks' contract options. Like, what are you hoping to see, Jim? Uh, first of all, like nobody else getting shot, which is, well, you know, that, like that would be a good start. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, you know, when Reinsdorf's talking about 2023 and past tense, like, no, you still get a whole month left of this. Like, this is not over. <laughs> so much more can go wrong. Injuries uh, that, that change the prospect of the roster for next season. Like, there's a whole lot to consider here. Um, so, like, there's that. You know, we are seeing, like, Andrew Benintendi look more like the hitter that he was supposed to be. So that's something... Dylan Cease is not like the pitcher he was supposed to be. That's something like in, in the other direction yeah. in terms of like talking, contending in 2024, like they have one pitcher or like two number four guys at best right now, the way they're throw, you know, currently throwing. Uh, that's what they're looking at here. So like when, when Reinsdorf says that, you know, we don't have a year to spare, it's like you do. You have a year to spare. Like you have a whole year where payroll can melt off the books and you can really just better line up your resources towards 2025. This is the year to say, we don't quite have it. We're not rebuilding. We're not tearing it down. 
we're just waiting some things out and waiting and giving uh, the guys who need to develop like the last mile some patience to do so without having pressure that they don't need. So like that's what doesn't inspire confidence for me is just Reinsdorf spent seven years hanging on to Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. Now this is the year that they can't afford to sacrifice. Like whereas, and, and this is something that he doesn't get um, that you know, because he doesn't talk to fans and because he's completely isolated from the fan base and the White Sox front office is isolated from the fan base that like hiring somebody like a James Click or, you know, Mike Rizzo or whoever was possible, theoretically, Theo Epstein, even like somebody Theo Epstein personally recommended, <laughs> like Theo Epstein's best friend, uh, like hiring those people, you could have that year. Like, even if they came in and said, like, no, we don't need a year. We can try to put together, like, a uh, a contender that if it doesn't work, we're not we're not selling out for 2024. But if things click in the right way, we can get there. Like, we're not giving up on this year. We're also thinking more for 2025. But, like, kind of like the Guardians do, or the Guardians did. Just, like, eh, we might have some young talent that can click in place. But if not, nobody's going to be having that pressure. Like, he's putting a whole lot of pressure on Getz for a roster that does not, at present work in 2024 and nothing about mm -hmm. the culture they like to talk about works for 2024. So like this is, you know, this would have been the year to, to hire somebody else and fans would have been like, okay, I'll check with you in 2025 or anything you do in the first six months of your job, I'll consider cleaning up the mess from the previous administration. Go nuts. If I, if I second guess it, it's like, you know, I might second guess it. I might have some reservations, but like, I'll give you some benefit of the doubt because you see what it looks like and you've seen from a different organization what it needs to look like. But in this case, like Getz, yeah, his experience is the Royals briefly and the White Sox for seven years where they just completely just uh, turned and yeah, they, they imploded and uh, there, there's nothing working for them. Like, yeah, it's, this is, you know, pressing for this year does nobody any favors. Griffal gets nobody. What if Getz goes back to Jerry after the conversations and lays out his plan and says, Jerry, we need to spend this amount of money to be competitive in 2025, uh, 2024, I mean. Yeah. And, and to be competitive, I mean winning the American League Central. And Jerry says, no, I'm not willing to spend that. Then again, <laughs> the question gets raised, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, then, he's, then he says, okay. Because, I mean, that's kind of, in order to get this job, you have to be probably good at making Reinsdorf comfortable. Yeah. And so, like, he would just say, okay, like, same thing with, like, Griffal and, like, the, you know, what Lawrence and uh, John Greenberg have said about him being, like, boiling. Like, he's great at managing upwards. He's probably great at, like, managing to Getz or managing to Reinsdorf. And so, like, they say things he wants to hear. So if Getz gets something he doesn't want to hear, he'll probably just say, okay. I'm getting paid well. I'm a GM. I got like seven years to get this right. So I'll just try to keep coming back to it and figure out different, you know, uh, different ways to do it because I'll have the longest leash in the world. Oh, but don't worry. They understand that why fans are mad. They, they understand yeah. that fans are upset. Are they going to do anything about it? Probably not. Yeah. Well, they it's know. like, a, yeah. Well, it's like I tweeted, like, you know, Ryan Surf wants to win. Like, I want to learn Spanish. Like, I've done nothing to learn Spanish properly. I just think like, oh, it'd be nice to hear from players directly, but I can't roll my R's. So never mind. Like, I'll, I'll be too embarrassed <laughs> to try and fail. So like, 
you couldn't actually say I want to learn Spanish that badly if I'm not actually like taking some classes right. uh, aside from like opening Duolingo once in a while. So I mean, like that's that's how I look at it. Like and so like having Reinsdorf speak, it didn't help, but at least like it's as annoying as it was and as like feckless as it is. Like it's ultimately preferable to hearing from Kenny Williams or Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah, Reinsdorf's really unhappy. He wants to win. Like hearing it from him. And then seeing that he ultimately is going to do nothing differently, like, okay, like the, uh, there is no filter in between. Like we saw it ourselves. Great. We're fully aware and we can go about our, uh, time and money, you know, deploying it in the way we see fit. Yeah. Again, just to recap going moving forward, 2024, the job on hand for Chris Getz and the mess that he needs to clean up or reorganize in a way that tried to portray a fool's hope that the White Sox could win the American League Central in 2024. You have a star, Luis Robert, and Scrubs. Everyone else are the position player front. Like, it has been so disappointing in how bad the other position players are. I still think on Fangraphs, no, after the White Sox traded Jake Berger, nobody else on this team is worth one war or higher on Fangraphs. Elvis Andrews, I believe, is the second most valuable player on the position player front for the White Sox right now, and he's probably not coming back next year. So you have A-Star and Scrubs in the position player front. So I don't know how you you fix that, or you're just going to reiterate the same plan that was his past offseason, the hope and pray uh, for better results in 2024, basically stay healthy. And the starting pitching staff, as you mentioned, you got Cease, Kopech, Schultz, and Tucson right now. The good news is this upcoming free agency, there's some depth in the starting pitching front. So if you're willing to spend some cash, you can help yourself there. That's what he's looking at right now. They're trying to clean up the mess. Yeah, well, thanks to uh, seeing the chat there, a little yumper uh, for the drink. So thank you so much. We appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> After the past few weeks you guys have had here is for a couple yeah. tree, tree drinks. I I appreciate it. It has been, it's been a crazy ten day stretch covering this. Yes. Team. It, it has felt like a couple months, but it's only been ten days. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing I think Getz has said that was caught my ear as interesting and like potentially an answer although like i wouldn't necessarily count on it being the answer is that he did mention international departments like changes that can be made internationally and that's something that caught my ear because like watching this year play out with like oscar colas like being pretty much disaster like just in terms mm -hmm. of just not only offensive production because like yeah maybe he wasn't ready or maybe just it's gonna be a learning curve but also just how he plays the outfield how poorly and mistake prone, he plays the outfield. And like seeing Norhe Vera have nothing in person, you know, uh, last week in Bowling Green pitching for Winston Salem, and seeing Yolbert Sanchez hit double A with no power. Like Marco Patty's approach of just signing older Cubans or hoping like Cubans shake loose at good timing is not working out. And there's nothing, you know, Brian Ramos is, is cool. Like I like him. Like Jose Rodriguez is a nice story, but like there isn't that kind of investment internationally to supplement uh, the draft the way that other organizations have. So maybe that's one thing from Getz's background in player development is like, yeah, I don't have those guys. 
you know, I watched Marco Patti signings play in the Arizona complex league, basically filling out the entire roster. It wasn't good. So like yeah. that might be something to where like, you know, he did see something there that he can change. Uh, so if I'm looking for one potential angle for optimism, that isn't just hoping hearing him single out international uh, approach, especially since like Luis Robert is the only success story now. That's something I'm paying attention to that, that might actually be something that he actually said. The problem with the whole international, and I agree with Chris Getz and I agree with you, Jim, it needs to be addressed for the Chicago White Sox. White Sox fans will not see any type of result of any changes for five to seven years. So mm -hmm. even if you do overhaul, if you do fire Marco Patti and you bring somebody new, at a minimum, it's going to take five years to see any type of result. It could take longer. And oh, by the way, your owner, your boss doesn't like spending on the international market. Spending on things he doesn't it, see. Yeah, unless things are very favorable in the odds for the White Sox. Unless Kenny Williams specifically tells Jerry Reinsdorf, oh my gosh, we need to sign Jose Abreu and Luis Robert. These guys are going to be stars. To Kenny's credit, Kenny was right, but they just cannot find well they did find one guy that was a hundred thousand dollar signing that was fernando tatis jr and yeah uh <laughs> uh yeah so they they just uh, to your point like they're not atlanta they're not san diego they're not the los angeles dodgers they're not the houston astros they are having a terrible time signing international players developing them developing them and being productive being the key word with the major league squad so again if he does make changes there Okay, that's a good start. But again, it's going to take a long time, like maybe the next decade, like in 2030, to see the fruits of that labor. <laughs> After the stadium lease ends. After the stadium lease ends, exactly. And who knows where the White Sox should be playing then. Oh, what a great time. What a great era of Chicago White Sox baseball. And uh, also another note, uh, Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez are the Cleveland Guardians now. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's adorable. Like, I love that they're just like a package deal. Uh, can't separate them. You yeah. must take both of them. Uh, the White Sox don't play the Guardians again this season. So don't worry. We will not have to see Lucas Giolito or Ronaldo Lopez pitch against the White Sox. But the Guardians claim Giolito and Lopez and Matt Moore. I don't know. Is what? An F you to the Minnesota Twins who needed some help? Like, yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> I think Buster only said like they're running out the ground ball, which is, you know, sure. Keep them like the twins are not that good. They, you know, the guardians just won a series against them. Sure. Like hold their feet to the fire, make them prove, make them play 162 games or at least like 155 or whatever it takes for them to, uh, to clinch the series. Cause like they're not that good. And maybe like you make them crack for next year. If they're looking at, you know, trying to, you know, angle more towards 2025. So sure. Yeah. Well, that will do it for this Sox Machine Live. We appreciate you guys joining us as we re as we provide our instant reactions to Chris Getz now as the new Cedar Vice President and General Manager of the Chicago White Sox. But join us again later tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time as comedian Jimmy Pardo will be joining us. And he'll be performing at Zany's in Rosemont on Thursday night, September 14th. But Jimmy will be joining us at 7 p.m. Central Time as uh, yes. we laugh at the White Sox and laugh together. <laughs>
<laughs> exactly. So yeah, just a uh, uh, quick turnaround, get your rest, as Steve Stone would say. Yes. We'll be back at seven. We'll be back at seven. But alongside Jim Margulis, I am Josh Nelson. Thank you for watching this special edition of Sox Machine Live. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Sox Machine. You can follow me on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. If this is the first time you have watched a video on YouTube of us, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please do at youtube.com slash Sox Machine. And we do take the audio feeds from our Sox Machine Live streams and upload it to the podcast which you can subscribe to the Sox Machine Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts such as Spotify and Apple Music. If you enjoy our work and you want more, you can get more by becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Machine, where our Patreon supporters get exclusive content and also ad-free versions of both the podcast and website. Monthly plans start at $2, or you can save with an annual subscription. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash Machine. Sox Machine Live is a production of SoxMachine.com. You're all for all of Chicago White Sox baseball and part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Alongside Jim Margulis, I'm Josh Nelson. Thanks for watching and listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.